0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome in to episode 41 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is the good brother, TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on, man? Oh, you
1: know, it's just another day where we got to record and talk about the world events of the wrestling. Honestly, this week has been blur kind of meh kind of just bare to meddling nothing has really gone on in my life and nothing has really gone on in the world of wrestling in my opinion uh so i mean i don't know this this work this this week has been a bit of a write-off for me
0: that's fair sometimes no news is good news when nothing sort of happens we always kind of fear for those big eventful things that are usually stressful, but. Yeah, for the most part, like we were talking about earlier this week, that both AEW is building up towards the revolution, which we are talking about today, and WWE is kind of in this slightly elongated build towards WrestleMania, so not a huge amount of things happening, but, you know, we're going to get there.
1: Yeah, it's just, kind of wish it was already April, and then that kind of just gets rid of March, so just wish there was. Something to do in March something maybe to talk about. Something that maybe wasn't rehash of old material and stuff we did months ago. But AEW is there.
0: Hey man, So if you're going to run it back, we got to put a fresh coat of paint on it so that folks are interested and it has a new spin. If this indeed is going to talk about at least a couple rematches on the card upcoming.
1: I mean, a fresh coat of paint would really kind of just be, you know, the same matches but different people, you know, like if it was stipulation matches. But this is legitimately the same matches with the same people. There's no stipulations. They're, they're, they're still happening. And we're we're still not really caring about the outcomes of these matches. Like, why are they happening? You care? Like, what, what are you doing? Did you get a little bit get a little bit confused this isn't ring of honor you know dude this is, this is AEW. this is your big boy shoot
0: well certainly some of these things are garnering interest to varying degrees and like we mentioned we'll get into our thoughts and uh, opinions on how the build is going and just our overall impressions of the match if folks want to see it if they're invested if they're bought in if we can say but yeah', we'll, uh, yeah. that's what we'll take a look for to today Alright, as a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at the build to AEW. Revolution, revolution, revolution. Shout out to the band Tantric. If you know, you know. Yes, like we said, we're (laughs) going to look at the... The build to AEW Revolution. We're going to be looking at just the matches themselves, give a little bit of insight on how we got there, thoughts, impressions on the matches. So, all right. So, with that, coming up first. Like we said, the build to AEW Revolution. So we have one pre-show match to announce here. Announced on this past week's episode of AEW Rampage. Mark Briscoe is backstage doing an interview and mentions that the most recent casino battle royale to fill the last spot in the tag team match mark was looking to kind of join in and he was getting excited and tried to run out to the ring and find his brother jay but mark mentions that jay's upstairs with the with the big man so what he did end up finding was smart mark sterling and his a bunch of hooligans Tony Nese, Josh Woods, and Aria Davari. so in lieu of that, Mark ended up finding some backup in some other brothers, the Lucha brothers themselves, Penta and Ray, and essentially they challenged the varsity athletes and Aria Davari. so this sets up the match for the pre-show. Joker. Mark Briscoe is always an interesting promo and just some of the folks that have gotten to see more recently, just sort of a, a fun person to kind of just watch the controlled chaos that he is. But with this being a rather short build just announced on Rampage, Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers in a six-man tag versus Aria Divari and Josh Woods and Tony Nese. Is this, uh, is this something that you're looking forward to? Is it something that kind of just piqued your interest?
1: Honestly, five of the six competitors in this match, I really like I like Mark Briscoe. Like I think like you said, he's been really fun to uh to witness on AWTV the last few weeks uh, having gotten a, a cursory uh, glance into what he's done before even with his brother Jay. Like it always felt felt like Jay was the uh was the mouthpiece for the two, although um Mark always had words to say and he always made me smile regardless of what he said. Um, so it was it was lovely to hear him actually say, you know, th- to the effect of the words like his, his brothers, his brothers upstairs, essentially, um, and that you know he, he still has friends, whatever have you. uh I love the Lucha Bros. We've seen them in so many good matches. I'm a big fan of Josh Woods after seeing him uh, at the first TK sponsored uh, Ring of Honor pay per view uh, under the Ring of Honor Pure rules. I thought he was fantastic there. And Tony Neese is just Tony Neese, he's a big slab of a human being who looks absolutely amazing. The only one I'd hear from Ari me is Ari Davari. Kind of like, okay, buddy, what are you gonna do in this match? Because I feel like you're the one that's about to get completely crushed. No build, it's gonna be a fun match. Uh, I, I I genuinely think that this is one of those Master Ego. Mark Briscoe and the Leech Bros is gonna take this easily, and it's just gonna be fun. There's gonna be some big hits, there's gonna be uh some some fun spots. Uh yeah, it's there's there's nothing too special about this.
0: Yeah, even though this one is on the pre-show, it gives me a little bit of those vibes from WCW, how on their pay per views they would start off with a high intensity hot match, sometimes a cruiserweight match. And you have the likes of the Lucha Bros, you got Mark in there. It's just kind of fun to watch. Like you mentioned, you got Tony Neese and Josh Woods and and Aria Devari is no one to slouch on. So Regardless, this is going to be a crazy kind of just fun, high intensity match, at least to start off the pre-show leading into the main show. So yeah, I'm in agreeance. It's just going to be fun to watch, even though it doesn't have a ton of build. But yeah, I might tend to agree. The uh, Lucha Brothers and Mark Briscoe probably going to take this one for sure. All right. Let us know what you thought about this particular matchup upcoming. Alright, so as we get into the main card itself, the first match we're going to talk about is Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry and what is being billed as a final burial match. How did we get here? Well, a little bit of the insight. After Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus lost the AEW Tag Team Championships at Road Rager on June 15th to the Young Bucks, Cage attacked Jungle Boy after the match, hitting him with a concerto. The two would then face off in a match at All Out in September, and at the event Jungle Boy would be defeated in 20 seconds after Luchasaurus attacked him and aligned himself with the Cage. Furthermore, after defeating Luchasaurus at full gear in November in a Steel Cage match, the feud went cold as Christian was away healing his injury. Then we see Jungle Boy attacked Christian two weeks ago on Dynamite. Christian gave Jack a low blow and left him a busted open. And finally, on this past week, while Christian was cutting a promo in the ring challenging Jack, Jungle Boy was shown in a vignette saying he wants to bury Christian Cage setting up this match. So real quick, as we've seen, this dates back to June of last year. Ultimately, we were trying to get the match in September, but Christian was hurt shortly there before, so we are finally getting around to having what appears to be the blow-off match so joker i'll throw it over to you a little bit of the build in mind is this something that you are looking forward to no
2: not at all this is like it
1: nine months ago now for this the start of this and i get there's been an injury in there but final burial match You, you mean a buried alive match right like
0: Oh, copyright, I, brother. March. Copyright, copyright. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, WWE called. They said you, you, you can't copy their homework that well. Like, you're both getting a feeling grade here. Final burial match. What? Just have a straight fight. You do those all the time. Just have a have a no-holds-barred, I don't care what you have, but final burial match? What? It It clearly means... And if I don't get a buried alive match, then I'ma complain because these are setting it
2: up to be that way. At least the final part I hope is true. Because this is just too long. And I get
1: it. Like Christian Cage had an injury. Like, he, there's nothing you can do about that. That's why we had the Luchasaurus squash on um on Jungle Boy
2: to to give Christian Cage the match. Like give him the win. Like I get it. But it should have been squashed ages ago. Like, why did we need to resuscitate? This is necromancy
1: right here, PT. We revived a dead thing that didn't need to be revived.
2: We really did not need this. This honestly should have been the match on the pre show. And even then, it probably
1: could have been a match on last night's rampage, and I still wouldn't have cared. Because this is just. Whatever. I honestly don't even care who wins this, because we'll probably see another match out of this.
0: In all fairness, like you said, it, they're supposed to have a match in September at All Out, but Christian was hurt shortly before and it cooled off. Christian was away. They had Jungle Boy do other stuff, feud with Luchasaurus, couple matches with Hook. But yeah, I'm hoping that this is essentially the blow off so these two can kind of go their separate ways and then just kind of do what they need to do. Jungle Boy can continue to to grow and evolve. Christian can kind of do something else and be a sort of a dastardly heel. But yeah, I think it's one of those where essentially Christian was just saying, I, I want a, a, a no holds barred kind of, you know, no DQ match essentially. And then we cut to Jungle Taker with a shovel trying to be like, hey, I want to, I want to bury you. So uh, <laughs> patent pended by the way.
2: I mean, didn't Faker
1: have a terrible ratio to win of winning in that match? Like that—that's even though it's his signature match, he had a terrible ratio for wins in that match. Like, did he ever win one?
0: He wasn't a hundred percent winning. That's for sure. I can <laughs> yeah. tell you.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he lost more than he won on that on his signature match. So that's tough luck for Jungle Boy. Looks like he's gonna freaking lose.
0: But I can kind of see this at least kind of being the sort of blow off the final match i'm assuming it's just gonna be a no dq type of thing i don't even know they're calling it a final burial i don't know if they're gonna have some gimmetry with you know a plot and they're gonna do some off-site shooting and vignette thing where they kind of go to like a graveyard gimmick but i i at least see this just being a no holds barred match
2: yeah like don't don't try and do a cinematic match like the last, the last time that was done, I, I I, think that
1: it was the street fight for uh Sting, Sting and Darby versus Hobbs and Ricky. I think
2: Ricky Might
0: and have been a different... it was Ricky
1: and no, not Hobbs. Uh, Ricky and Cage, Brian Cage, Ryan Cage. Yeah. Cage. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like let let that one be the crowning glory because that was actually good. From the signs of it, this is just going to be a ripoff of Undertaker's last match against AJ Styles, <laughs> like.
0: Begs to be seen what we're going to get, but it would make sense if Jungle Boy came out with the victory. Get the young kid a little rub ski and let, let these guys kind of part ways. I suppose. All right, coming up to the next match here, Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks, with the caveat that the Jericho Appreciation Society is banned from ringside. So how did we get here? On the January 4th episode of Dynamite, Ricky Starks defeats Chris Jericho. Jericho upset over the loss to Starks defeats Starks and Action Andretti in a tag team match alongside teaming with Sammy Guevara on the January 25th episode of Dynamite. Furthermore, wanting another match with Chris, Ricky was put in a gauntlet match featuring members of the JAS on February 8th defeating Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, but ultimately losing to Daniel Garcia. And finally, two weeks ago, Ricky Starks declares an open challenge for Revolution. Starks saying he's done with Jericho, but Chris fires back that he decides when Ricky is done. Jericho ends up signing the match with Ricky, much to Ricky's chagrin setting up this match. So, With the previous match and a little bit of chicanery, what are your thoughts on this Jericho and Ricky Starks match, Joker?
2: Yeah. That's my thoughts, really. Honestly, it's one of those things, like,
1: I like Chris Jericho, okay? I think Chris Jericho is one of these guys that is completely selfless and willing to do whatever it is to put the new crop over um and i love the fact that he he lost to action andretti and they made a story out of that like that is some cool stuff um and then they you know he lost uh ricky starks and stuff and that is honestly his role he has exceeded any anyone's expectations of what he was supposed to do within this industry i think for jericho was fantastic we've already lauded how much we love uh ricky starks as well and their most recent confrontation where uh, Ricky was just sort of trying to talk Chris into signing the uh, signing on the dotted line of the match, and we had, um, oh, what's his name, come out to the ring. got I, 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 Pretty Peter Avalon started marching down to the ring uh, in front of Jericho, and Jericho gave him the, the Judas effect and everything, and then went down and fell for the trap. That Ricky expertly laid out. It was fantastic. I really loved that little segment. Um that uh, Ricky was like, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not, not gonna do that. That,
2: that, that. You're too smart for me to try and trap you or anything. But you know, I did just get what I want, so it's fine. Um I like Ricky Starks, I like Chris Jericho. I'm not really a fan
1: of the JAS anymore. They're surplus of requirements and it's boring. It's not that they're bad guys. It's that they're kind of there now. So I'm happy that they're gone. And that is the reason I'm interested in this match. I'm moderately interested in this match. I wouldn't say like I'm hyped to witness it, but um, I definitely think that this is uh, something that's going to be good.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Ricky using that plus 10 to charisma ended up ultimately having Chris Jericho sneakily. Uh, manipulated, some would say, into getting this matchup. But yeah, I'm in agreeance that Chris is just doing a phenomenal job, helping, working with a lot of younger talent, and not having a, a big ego about it. And he he show that he can put over some young talent, at ergo Action Andretti and Ricky Starks, and just either suffering eating a pin or suffering a loss to them, but still being able to have, be held in high praise and just kind of go and just do his thing. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how the matchup plays with Ricky getting the 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 win over Chris and then losing in the tag match. But much like the Jungle Boy Chris Christian Cage match, I feel like Ricky should get the one, should get the Rubski, and because it'll do more for Ricky than it will for Chris. And you know, I feel like with the JS being banned from ringside. And probably do like a post-match beatdown or anything or try to sneak in, but they'll get the old referee here out of here or something like that. So, but yeah, I feel like Ricky's going to take this one.
1: I don't disagree. I think uh, it would definitely benefit Ricky a lot more than it would Chris. Um, although it is fifty 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 50, 50 sort of shot here. Chris Jericho could still win. Like I'm not, even though, yeah, it wouldn't benefit him in any regard. And even though I said he kind of puts people over, you kind of expect him to put people over, and then he doesn't. (laughs) And then he he just takes the win for himself. So I wouldn't be... I would actually find that hilarious if Chris Jericho wins and then realizes I don't need the JAS and disbands them um, only to lose to Ricky Starks again, you know, down the line, because they need that rubber match uh if jericho wins but um this in terms of the singles uh stuff uh so I, I wouldn't put it past them but i think the ricky win would mean more
0: i agree and so i have the little bit of vibes of much like the jungle boy christian cage like this they should kind of part ways after because like we've, we felt like we told the story so yeah but it'll be it'll be interesting ricky's like He's a beast, and they, they'll they just both be having a little bit of that sports entertainment showing off, so I th- it'll probably be a fun match.
1: It is definitely the one thing I would criticize Chris Jericho sort of storylines for in AW. They go on
2: slightly longer than you expect them to. Nope. There's still the final act. Oh, wait. no nope. another act after that.
0: In a three-act story, we're up to act five. There you go. So...
2: Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right. All right, well let us know down below what your thoughts are on the match. All right, coming up to the next one here, the elite and the Omega Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, versus the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews for the Trios World Championship. So, how did we get here? After being suspended and stripped of the Trios Championship for a Brawlout, the backstage incident at All Out, the Elite made their return at full gear in November, a losing effort to a Death Triangle for the Trios Championship. Subsequently, in a best-of-seven series between the Elite and Death Triangle, which spanned two months and culminated in a seventh and deciding match, on January 11, 2023 edition of Dynamite, in a ladder match the elite would win the match and the series 4 to 3 and ultimately their second trios championship for the last couple weeks the house of blacks have been cutting promos seemingly aimed at the elite and then ultimately on this past week episode of dynamite the house of black jumped the elite from behind claiming the physical titles and then challenging them officially later in the night so that is how we got here little bit of a different kind of build it's been a little bit more in a promo or sort of not face to face but joker thoughts on the match
1: i really really liked that best seven i thought that was some good stuff and we we commented on that uh a lot about uh you know people who thought the elite who thought the elite weren't going to win and all this here is like we, we kind of knew from from the first game as they called it, because they, they essentially called them games. We knew from the first game who was going to win. It was just how we got there and how interesting it was and they did a very good job on, on keeping that entertaining.
2: Um, But they entertained us through matches there. This has been very different and I don't know if I like it because the House of Black contains
1: three really good athletes, two of which I was a big fan of before AEW, and um, you know, Mr. Brody King, who is uh is, is just a uh, the big beast, Mr. Brody King kind of uh the enforcer, a man who should not move like that for his size, uh, is actually terrifying, even more so than um than uh than the other two it's just kind of like wow how have we fumbled the ball on these three so hard so while i'm not really hot on the build to this the six guys in this match are so good that i cannot wait to see buddy matthews versus kenny omega like that is just one of the the pair-ups that i can see in this match like Brody king versus the jacksons like he has to take on both jacks we'll have um we'll have malachi black taking on kenny omega at some point we'll have buddy matthews taking on uh kenny omega like there's so many little combinations and then big spots obviously bt trigger spots who's taking that we're going to have uh, who's going to take the one-winged angel spot, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many good little things in this that
2: the more I think about it, the more I'm interested in the match despite the bill. because the latest interaction was uh, cut the lights, we're here, cut
1: the lights, they're on the ground, bring them back up, and we're stood with the titles. I don't like this sort of electric boogeyman kind of thing they've got going on. Like, the lights, I get it, House of Black, cool. The the lights go down and you get to come out to play, fun.
2: Let's let's stop that soon, please, for the crowd out loud. Like, I don't know. It's getting a bit tiresome for me.
0: Fair enough. It's one of those where they're working with the electric company brother and they got them in their pocket so they can do their, some of their shenanigans. So you mentioned it, that it's a different type of build. There's been almost kind of like no face to face besides the house of black just this past week, kind of physically jumping them, taking the titles and then making the challenge. It's just been through sort of promos or standoffs or really kind of that. So it's, it's been a non-confrontational kind of different way to build, and you're right, but regardless of the build itself, I'm in agreement that these six guys, I'm just looking forward to this match. This is going to be a train wreck, and it's going to be fantastic. Kenny Omega Jr., aka Buddy Matthews, man, they're just, I just, all I want to see, all I want to see is them just, you know, giving, jumping, running knees, and and. Quote unquote V-triggers back and forth V-trigger, boom, V trigger, boom, V-trigger. Uh Buddy Matthews or uh Buddy Murphy, sometimes known as in WWE previously, that there was a bit of uh styling, some of his moveset off of Kenny. So just to kind of see that unofficial mirror match in a sense is just gonna be ridiculous. But yeah, the little pair-offs. I think this just match is gonna be insane and fun to watch. Oh,
1: a hundred percent. We're gonna see backhand springs, we're gonna see you know the v, v triggers like the double v trigger they're going to essentially scissor each other for crying out loud at some point that the acclaimed is going to go hey that's our gimmick brother calm down um it's just one of those like if you're a fan of buddy uh buddy murphy and uh, malachi black from back in the uh back in the fed you remember them going at it all the time like whenever they got called up to the the main roster Uh, or rather when black got called up to the main roster you're just like you sat and watched them just do it every week and somehow it was better than the last week not like these usos versus the the street profits matches where they just kind of got more steel but these two guys on the same team against the elite plus she had in Brody king like a guy who legitimately was the only good point about the Brody King versus Darby Allen uh, massacre, it just sort of writes itself. there's going to be high spots, and yes, if you have been a long time here, you know I hate spot fests, but Brody King is in there, so is Buddy Murphy. These two guys, while they actually can do big spots, still slap. They still do the big spots. They still wrestle. They still hurt people. Technically, so does Matt Jackson. Nick, less
2: so. But still, these guys know how to do it. And they know how to tell the story. Let's just hope that story is good.
0: I'm in agreeance. It's going to be a definitely a hard-hitting matchup. Potential for a match-of-the-night contender, honestly, for the uh, for the early predictions. But Honestly, it would make sense for the elite to win, but I'm not gonna lie, I'd be okay if they change it up and have the House of Black take the titles.
2: House of Black
1: wins, Kenny's contract expires, he goes to WWE. There you go. Job done.
0: Alright, you heard it here first. Let us know what you, <laughs> let us know what you think about the trios championship match.
1: Yeah, not that prediction at the end. <laughs>
0: All right, the next matchup here we're going to look at is the AEW Women's World Championship champion Jamie Hader taking on Soraya and Ruby Soho. How we got here, Hader has been the AEW Women's Champion since defeating Tony Storm at Full Gear in November. On January 11, 2023, on Dynamite, Surreya teamed up with Tony Storm in a losing effort to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hader. Storm and Serea subsequently tag together on February 3rd against the Renegade Twins, and this is where they ended up with a quick win, and after the match, they both spray-painted the letter L on the Twins. Subsequently, throughout the following week, spray-paint became a signature tactic as they branded everyone not in alliance with them as losers. Ruby Soho, seemingly being caught in the middle between the homegrown talent represented by Hader and Baker, and the Outsiders, championed by Soraya and Tony Storm, really caught in the middle, but only wants a shot at champion Jamie Hader. That's all she did. She's not sort of picking a side in this quote-unquote rivalry of such. And ultimately, two weeks later, Hader challenges both women to a match at Revolution. So interesting kind of build with this sort of rivalry of homegrown versus sort of outsiders, if you will. But honestly, I like the nature of Hater just saying, you know what, like, I'm just going to challenge you both and let's do it at Revolution. So Joker, what are your thoughts on the build and this matchup?
2: So I was just taking a sip of my Haterade, because Jimmy Hater is, is just
1: freaking amazing, okay? Jamie Heater is my women's champion and she's the freaking best like there's no way anyone can ever deny that so far Jamie Heater
2: has been the best women's champion in AEW and it's through it's through circumstances of
1: other other ladies in on the roster that, that she's kind of gotten there, not specifically just through her own because if we remember, she she was hated for so long, but now in the context of AEW, she is a babyface, and that seemingly just happened. And it's the same with Britt Baker, who we know as the Big Bad. Like she was a terrorizing force in AEW with uh with Jimmy and Rebel or Reba, I forget which one it is all the time, but anyway. Um, we have we have these
2: three individuals who were seen as the heels, and now we have Soraya and Tony Storm. Now, I'm not a big Soraya fan. I
1: mentioned before, whenever she re debuted, that I really enjoyed the pop and the fact that she got she got flowers and stuff, and then everybody loved the fact that she came back.
2: But I don't get it. Like, if somebody could explain to me what she's meant to be doing,
1: that'd be great. Because currently, I don't get
2: why she has just immediately went from right there. This is my house. It's homegrown
1: versus the the outsiders. I was going to say the invaders. But it, essentially, it is the
2: invaders because the outsiders just doesn't sit well with me. Um. So, it, the spray paint as well. What? What? Mate, what are you playing at? Will you wise up with that stuff? Do you have
1: any idea how caustic that is, the skin? Do you have any idea how stupid it makes you look, too? Spray painting on like your Hogan back in the day and trying
2: to put NWO on somebody? Like, come on. It just looks stupid and I I don't get it I honestly don't get it but Ruby Soho being in here love me some Ruby personally I'm a bigger Willow Nightingale fan than a Ruby Soho fan so I would like I would prefer to see Willow here but that's just me
1: I really like the fact that this is going to be a two-on-one for a while and then we're going to get a Jamie Hater versus Ruby Soho match um, for about Five minutes, and then we'll have probably Jamie roll up Soraya. Because Jamie's not losing this match. If Jamie loses
2: this match, she's not taking the pin for one, and she gets the title right back real quick. Because, no, don't take the title off her. Also, may I add, this is the only women's match on this card. Why?
0: So a lot a lot of things to unpack. I'll address sort of your last question there, this being the only women's match. with We mentioned, because there's an hour dedicated to the main event, which we'll get into a little later. So, I mean, th- that whole segment will probably be like an hour 20 or so, roughly. So you're already kind of, you know, working with kind of less time if you want to keep it four hours or so. But I think it's one of those where... I think we haven't seen Jade in like a week or maybe a week and a half or so. So could we have put just a random squash match on the card? Kind of wouldn't make sense. I'd feel like we just, you know, give me give me a solid challenger so we can have like give me a 10 minute Jade match or, you know, we could have put somebody else in. You know, we don't necessarily have to have a Britt Baker, a match specifically, but we can have something else. But to be fair, Tony hasn't built really a program or sort of anything else besides this little uh, program with these ladies involved so I get it but yeah, I feel like we go back to conversation we've had Tony can do better with the women's division
1: I, I don't disagree but there are three matches on this card that we've seen multiple times before and two of them we've yet to talk about and the other one is Christian Gage versus Jungle Boy scrap him Give us new matches. Why isn't Willow on here? Why isn't Anna Jay on here? Why isn't Jade on here? You know, I don't care if you put her in a squash match, like, put her in a squash match. She deserves to be on a a pay per view called Revolution. Like, as much as I don't like Jade for being John Cena of AEW right now, and that is a thing, once you get to a point of just winning all the time, you become boring to me. You cease to actually be a character, all you do is winning. She deserves to be on this card. Like, there are men on here that do not deserve to be on here. You're resuscitating or trying to keep alive programs that should not be here. So I appreciate that he has only had time, which sounds really crap, to have a really good match in Jamie Hater soraya Ruby Soho. But there are plenty of other women on here uh on the company's books that deserve to be in this in this uh Thing. And that's all I really want to say about it. I know I kind of sidetracked us there, but I just feel like there, there should have been a bit of a better representation.
0: I'm in agreement that we can, Tony can absolutely do better and we can have more women's matches regardless of who's in a match. If you make me, if you build it up and you make me want to see it, then it makes sense. That's all I'll say regardless of who's in there. So can we do better? 100% that's a that's a hole that we can kind of fill with with better intentions and more work put into that but in terms of this matchup real quick the nature of hater and by proxy baker just becoming natural baby faces and just kind of because they're popular and stuff like that it happened natural so i think it's fantastic obviously haters getting on with her Just popularity of having really good matches and she doesn't get a ton of promo time but the more recently she's shown that she can just be fun and engaging in the in the limited promo time that she has so definitely gets over with the fans and i likewise am a little confused on so that match in january where saray and tony lost to baker and hater and they just kind of got i guess frustrated and now they're just like, well, now we're, we're going to do this kind of beautiful people DNA type of thing where we're just going to spray paint and be these kind of, you know, kind of heels like that sort of interesting. It seemed kind of ham fisted, but you know, it's, it's something to do. We'll see if it works kind of going down the road. I'm a little conflicted about their really the resolution to kind of this is where we want to go with it, or this is how we ended up. But regardless, hater, Zarya, Ruby Soho, kind of being caught in the middle between these two things. I kind of like she's like, no, I'm not gonna pick a side. I'm just do me. I just want the championship. I'm not getting involved with this bollocks. So I appreciated that from there. But I'm and agree with you that I feel like hater's just gonna, hater's gonna retain. Doesn't make sense to kind of take it off of her now. If by hook or by crook. That she does lose the belt like you mentioned she's not gonna take the pin so but yeah i feel like haters gonna come away with the title here yeah
1: yeah yeah 100 and I, I do appreciate the ruby suho stuff like it, it, it's just i've found a third option so yeah you know it, it'll it'll be good i um we've sort of went from a super wide a scope on the women's division to a narrow scope and while it's not so great that we're not putting a lot of stuff on here, um, there is room to improve, uh, still. So
2: let's just hope it happens and, um, yeah, obviously Jimmy Hater to win.
0: Agreed. We can always do better, we can always improve, 100%. And we can do a lot more for our women's division everywhere. All right, coming up to the next matchup, we are going to talk about John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page in a Texas death match.
1: We've definitely had that match before.
0: We actually have had, not particular a death match, but we've had this matchup before. How did we get here? Well, let me fill you in. Let me talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Me, yeah. All right. On October 18th episode of Dynamite, the label the title Tuesday, Page suffered a legitimate injury. During a match with John Moxley for the AEW World Championship, after landing off of a lariat, causing a match stoppage, Moxley would go on to win by referee stoppage. Page made his return from injury on the November 30 episode of Dynamite, confronting Moxley before a brawl broke out between the two. After the men were separated by security, the fight continued backstage. Flash forward to January 11 on Dynamite, Page gets his win back by defeating Moxley, having Mox be staggered and disorientated after the match. On February 1st, John wins once again over Hangman Page via roll-up. So now we're up 2-1 for John Moxley. Fuming over the recent loss, Hangman wanted another fight with Moxley, but the Dark Order came to stand with Page with Evil Uno subsequently challenging Moxley for a match. February twenty-second on Dynamite, Moxley wins a bloody battle with Evil Uno. Post match, a fight ensues with Hangman coming down, and hit Mox with a barbed wire wrapped fist, busting Mox open. And we see after the match, a bloodied Moxley challenges Hangman to a Texas Death Match. So, with all things considered this will be the fourth singles matchup here between these men with at the moment, John up two to one on hangman page with build up. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Joker? Well,
1: one of my, one of my thoughts, one of my immediate thoughts is you were saying that, uh, you know, hangman came down to the ring and he, he punched Moxley with, uh, with a barbed wire fist. The barbed wire is a bit redundant. If, if, Hagman had it just breathed on Moxley, like he would have gigged already. So just you know, give it a wee breath, give it a wee give it a wee blow and, and you know, all you would have seen was Mox go, you know, bust a gasket here. Um it was a bit redundant. I um to get there though, I really enjoyed the evil Uno um Moxley match. I really wish that was given a few extra minutes. Uh Uno gave a hell of a lot. Um, in terms of, uh, in terms of what John did to him, and John, like John, gave a lot to Uno as well. It's not as if you know Uno was just completely crushed in that match, and I really enjoyed seeing that happen, because after the passing of Mister Brodie Lee, and the subsequent um non renewal of uh, Stu Grayson's contract, and the sort of Unraveling of the Dark Order. It's it's one of those that you kind of look at as a little bit disappointing. These three guys are the only ones that are left. Anna Jay is gone. We've got the you know the other guy that we don't talk about because he was he was angry to or he was mean to negative one. So you know he's off being um weird somewhere else. But you know it's one of those things that Evil Uno has perennially been one of my favorite characters, and to see Moxley just beat up on him. And even even Hangman just sort of disrespect him in the week before that, where Uno and Uno and the guys came
2: down and they were like, you know, politely, shush, please, you know, shush, give it a little shush. Stop talking to me. I
1: am going to talk right now to Mister Moxley. Hangman, be quiet and stand there in your corner.
2: Um, obviously he said a little bit more harsh than I did, but you know, and. I feel like that sort of dynamic was the only reason I'm semi-excited for the match. Because I
1: want to see the Dark Order by the sign of Hangman. Like Moxley has the the BCC. Yeah, I said that right, BCC. (laughs) I had to question. Maybe I said the acronym
2: wrong. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Because other than that little aspect, I don't care about this.
1: Like the first instance, the first match, Hangman got legitimately knocked out. And while I was really aghast at seeing the fact that it was a referee stop, I was like, no way, like what is this? You know, the random ending. And then you hear the story, I couldn't remember my son's name. Like I was appalled that this had happened like th- these guys were really safe john is a very snug wrestler we've heard of before um and then they they sort of went back and forth and i was like okay well that's it that that's there's no need for this
2: anymore they they're beating a dead horse i don't need this this is another place where a women's match could have been
1: because this could have been revitalized when hangman wins the title again or when mox has his title reign for like the fourth time like this this is worthy of a title match but i don't i don't know why we have it now because whenever either of these men have a title next i don't want to see that much it's not going to be fun it's not going to be there's not going to be any expectation to it it's not going to have a good build Because we've seen it all before. Like, what are they going to rehash? Oh, you knocked me out and then I won. Ha ha ha. Now it's a best of seven instead of a best of five. Like, I don't know. Other than the evil Uno participation in this match, I haven't been very pleased with why this is still going on.
0: There's a degree of, because it's from October to now March, in the guts of three and change months, four months, that. This is the fourth match. There's a little bit of the luster has come off of the, the bloom has come off the rose in a sense, because we've just, we've seen them constantly going at it there now. So with this being the fourth match, I can understand it being a little like, all right, well, I've seen this before three other times type of thing. Now is a new twist to the Texas death Match, So the no holds barred, we know it's going to be a fight, a hoss battle, bloody matchup, but. I think it's one of those where the in agreements these guys need to split after this match. You gotta give them time. They gotta go their separate ways. Whatever the outcome is, you just you gotta you gotta change it up so that folks don't get stale on this. But yeah, I'm I'm Jones to see this. It's gonna be bloody battle. It's gonna be fun, but they they need to take a break. No, please, with all due respect to both men, they're fantastic athletes, but. kind of the booking just let them let them pair off after this match and and do something else
2: 100 percent agree like this, this is just what's that like the second match then that i've said like
1: just kind of feels like it's here just to fill out numbers like the time you you're spending on these two matches could be allocated to the elite match the jericho match the, uh the Jamie Heater match the the you know one of the next two matches like come on there's there's better uh you know there's better uh, economy here for for being able to use our time and um, I don't know if a fourth match is, is here and for those of, of us here who feel like we're being overly harsh like we didn't like An awful lot of the stuff that had happened before, just because it happened before doesn't mean it was good. And even the WWE things, like for a recent example, you can go and see Seth versus Cody. I am a Cody mark. I love Cody. Love Seth. Hated the fact that they were on every single pay-per-view after WrestleMania until Cody got hurt. Hated the fact that that went on for three months. That was boring. But this is, again, six months minus uh, Minus injury. Again, Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, nine months. Like, come on, buddy. We don't need necromancy. This is not a a fantasy setting in terms of, you know, there are necromancers trying to revive these zombies to do undying battle for us. Just let it die. We don't need this again.
0: Fair point. I like me some mocks. I like me some Hangman. I think it's just the the build like again the it's just the fourth match in a close amount of time and i think it just it became a little detriment d- diminishing returns is really what i'm going at so that's that's my kind of thoughts on it I've, i don't have a problem with either of these men it's just a little bit of the build type of thing so
2: no i would agree 100 it's just just the build don't need it
0: all right so let us know your thoughts on this matchup as well Alright, the next one we're going to look at here is Samoa Joe taking on Wardlow for the TNT Championship. After forming a team in the latter portion of 2022, Samoa Joe turned on Wardlow. At full gear in November, Samoa Joe defeated Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs in a three-way match to win the TNT Championship from Wardlow himself. Flash forward to December 28th, on a dynamite special new year smash joe retained his title against wardlow and post-match joe cuts off wardlow's hair february 1st wardlow returned and attacked joe after he regained the tnt championship from darby allen in a no holds barred match and finally on two weeks later february 15 a rematch between joe and wardlow for the title scheduled for revolution here we have yet another rematch. Once again, if I'm not mistaken, the second singles match, but third matchup between these guys in a, in a relatively short amount of time in a couple months. But the element of Joe cutting off the hair of Wardlow being the additional caveat. Joker, what are you looking forward to in this match? Uh.
2: Wardlow's Entrance? Maybe? Okay. all right. <laughs> like, I get, like you said, like,
1: we've talked about rehashing old content. Like, this is rehashing old content yet again. Love Samoa Joe.
2: Love Wardlow. These two guys, Wardlow was a dark time.
1: Let's say it was an ill-conceived attempt to give Ward a little bit of rub, I think, maybe possibly. Uh and then Samoa Joe just kind of
2: he he was just still Samoa Joe after that. Like he didn't go up in any standings, he didn't go down in any
1: standings, he didn't gain anything, he didn't benefit, he didn't, you know, there's nothing there. Whereas Wardlow kind of slipped further and further into obscurity. If we go back even further than the beginning of this, if we remember uh, all the way back to when Wardlow versus MJF was a thing, Wardlow put MJF, laid him flat out, you know, had to get stretchered out, and then MJF came straight back in the next the next week and give his impassioned promo about calling tk a mark and all this here and then everything that was done after that detracted from wardlow because wardlow was seen to be beating up completely useless guys eventually went on to win the title the tnt title and had a very lackluster run like i love wardlow's uh sort of presentation he is the Goldberg of the new era,
2: except, you know, he can actually go. So you look at this guy and go, that is a prime athlete. And TK
1: goes, I'm going to do my best impression of Vince Kennedy, Vincent Kennedy McMahon and squander this resource. ha! <laughs> evil billionaire noises. Because that's, in my opinion, what he's done. So now we're putting him up against Samoa Joe again? For what reason? To give Wardlow the title? Well, I mean, I hope so. But Hobbs has just won a Battle Royale to become the next TNT
2: challenger.
0: The ladder match.
2: The ladder match, yeah, yeah. So, like, why would we give it to Wardlow if we've just given that to Hobbs?
1: Hobbs deserves a big push. He has put in a lot of graft recently and I really like Hobbs. Granted him standing at the top of that ladder was a little bit funny because it did not look comfortable. Not going to lie Hobbs, I felt the same. Watching you even on the third rung I was
2: like no nobody stay close to the ground. Maybe this is not your time. Maybe this is not your time. Um but in that case like Samoa Joe is going to win. And then lose to Hobbs because
1: Wardlow has put in the work. But then what does that do for Wardlow? And then, oh, wait, Wardlow wins. But then loses to to Hobbs. Well, what does that do for Wardlow? Absolutely nothing. What does that do for Hobbs? Kind of nothing. He beat a weakened Wardlow. But if Wardlow beats Hobbs, then a weakened Wardlow beat Hobbs. Like, There's no... This this sort of booking is just so bad right now.
2: And I'm not looking forward
1: to this match. Like, I'm not interested in it. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't care what the outcome is because it's a lose-lose situation.
0: I think it's a fair point. Much like yourself, love me some Samoa Joe. like me a Wardlow. I think it's just the booking of it. How we got there and sort of this is a, yet another rematch. Nothing against these two guys. Love to see them work, but... Yeah, I think the caveat of powerhouse Hobbs winning that face of the revolution ladder match, and then we know he's got a title shot coming up right after the pay-per-view. Well, Joe retains, so Wardlow loses some shine, but then faces off against Hobbs. It makes sense for maybe Hobbs to get the belt, so we can get a little run-ski, so we disappoint Wardlow, or maybe Wardlow wins, but then Hobbs loses, so then that maybe doesn't hurt him, or... Hobbs wins, you know. It. So it's it's a very kind of this is not the best situation for kind of these two fellas. But then Hobbs subsequently. So I'm I I'm gonna have fun watching the match. But I think it's more so the build of how we got there is a little bit lackluster. In all fairness,
1: yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be fine for what it is. But I don't know. The outcome is whatever to me, honestly.
0: It's a it's a tough spot for these guys, knowing that we have a title defense coming up against Hobbs. So yeah, it's a tough spot. And
2: here's the worst here's the worst outcome: Samoa Joe beats both of them. Like, uh, why? That's a very real outcome that could happen.
0: Yeah. Then Wardlow and Hobbs lose momentum. So
2: exactly, just let Joe lose. And then try and put off
1: the Hobbs match for as long as possible. <laughs> Please.
0: Like I said, it's going to be a fun match to watch, but it's just a tough situation for the kind of booking we got ourselves into. All right, the next matchup here, we're going to look at the AEW Tag Team Championship match. Four-way for, going to see the Guns, Austin and Colton, taking on the acclaimed Bowens and Caster against Triple J, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett, and the team of pseudo-best friends Orange Cassidy and Dan How did we get here? Well, let me tell you. At the special Dynamite Championship fight night February 8th, the Guns defeated the Acclaim to win the AEW Tag Team Championship. Following week, a three-way match for the title was scheduled for Revolution between the Guns and the winners of a Revolution Tag Team Battle Royal. And a casino tag team royale. But the match was changed to a four way after the acclaimed invoked their rematch clause. February 22nd, Dynamite, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett won the Revolution tag team battle royale and were added to the match. And this past week on Dynamite, March 1st, Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen won the tag team casino battle royale and were added to the match. So a little bit convoluted, how we got there two battle royales, little bit different style. Back-to-back weeks we featured a lot of the same teams fighting for two chances at a shot at the tag team championships, but Joker, this will be the first title defense for the Guns. What are you thinking?
2: We had we had a conversation last night uh, on a pre-production meeting. And uh, I said to you what what,
1: what 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 was it that I actually said to you PD? You know you know what I'm going to say about the guns. What did I what you know what did I say about the guns being champions?
0: Christmas Jones, you basically you were a detractor. You did not want to see them. You thought they was rubbish. So
1: I forgot they were the champions, right?
0: There you go. Okay, that you did actually say that. Yes, you did.
1: I forgot that they were even the
2: champions. What? Why are these guys even on a pay-per-view? Like, they have not had a good run. And
1: I don't mean run as in championship run. I mean just run in general in their careers. Like, the best stuff that I remember the guns for is the pandemic era, where they would be at the side during the matches, cheering and getting involved with all the other wrestlers that were there at the side with their dad. That is honestly what I remember them most for, if not secondary to their short, brief run with the acclaimed as
2: the ass boys whenever Anthony Bowens was injured. So, these guys fall flat for me. I
1: don't care about them as champions. I have no idea why we're doing this. This feels like it's two heels versus two face match in terms of, you know, teams. The Orange Cassidy versus Danhausen as it's in there for a feel good factor, I suppose uh, the acclaimed activating their re- rematch clause here feels like they're obviously going into going well, we're not gonna win and then son uh Sanjay Jay Lethal versus uh Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett uh with Sanjay and uh Satnam, uh being in this match. A little bit bored of those guys too. Like the only team I like here is the Acclaim, but they're not going to win, and they're not the champions.
2: So I'm, for that reason, Dragons Den style, I'm out. Like I don't care.
0: Very controversial decision to have the Guns take the championship off the Acclaimed. Obviously, claim being a hot, as well as just with the crowd and over with the the fans themselves, but interesting decision whether it was a real heat ski to just have the guns just be bad guys and and heels to take the titles off of a really popular team or just a potential booking decision be that as it may as we can argue for hours over this but this will be the first defense a little bit you touched on the guns have only been sort of backstage or in promos and have not I don't even think they've had like a match per se, not even a tune-up or a squash, but they've just been featured in little segments, and you can be fair to forget that they are the champions going into this. Interesting with the automatic rematch clause, sometimes that's a thing, sometimes it's not a thing. You know, it's a it's a booking crutch that a lot of folks use. And I think the the caveat of having two battle royales back to back weeks to filter in two extra teams when you could have just had a, a full-fledged rematch is a little bit of an interesting twist. But be that as it may, with all four of these teams in here, honestly, it, in my brain, it makes sense if the Guns or Triple J, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett just come away with the titles just to be S-Eaten grin heels and just to make fans mad and just kind of get over uh, heel with the crowd.
1: I, I understand the the logic, okay, and here's here's devil's advocate Joker kind of coming in to, to kind of placate all those people going, way, 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 the guns, you know, should have won. The acclaimed, in my opinion, were cooling off. They were getting a wee bit steel as champions. There was very little in the way of actual tag team uh, competition what with the, uh, the Lucha Bros and um, Matt and Nick Jackson. Ah, uh, the young bucks sort of being in the in the trios division currently like right? and those were two of the top teams, plus f t r being on sabbatical slash not there, you had three of the top teams never there, like so who are you gonna who are you gonna pick them to fight against? the best sort of team to have them go against is the guns. there's actual storyline reason for it, and they are really, really
2: sleazy bad guys. So I get it. I 100% get it. But they won. I forgot they won.
1: I legitimately forgot that they were the champions going into this match. That's not something that's good for your champions because it just feels to me that they haven't done anything to solidify them being the ish-eating you know, Grin having heels that they that we know they are. I love heels. I am the heel guy. I love the, the heel characters. They do what people can't, you know, can't say or do. The guns are just kids that are kind of claiming daddy issues and way, 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 my daddy found two new kids, so we're acting out. way, 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 way. way. Like, that is literally what I have here in terms of the motivation. So I would prefer Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett to win. If that's, the, if that's the route they want to go down, because at least that
2: might be interesting at some point. But don't get me wrong, that's starting to get boring too. Fix your tag division.
0: Those are all fair, those are all fair points, with some onus being shown on the trios titles, with some of those teams, like you mentioned, being fighting for in that division. And a couple of those teams being away and not having a huge, huge depth in terms of the tag division. Some of them are focusing on the trios now, obviously, so you're having the tag team division split in a sense. But yeah, I think it's one of those. And I love the acclaim, but just the they didn't have much to do after kind of the big win and that kind of thing. They were doing more in-ring segments. So love them, but it's just... I think with the focus on the trios as well as some of the teams not being there, it's just it got deflated a little bit. So but this'll be I, I like all these guys in here. It's just it's gonna be just another fun little chaotic match. But yeah, I feel like the a heel team's gonna come away. I'm in greens.
2: Yeah.
0: Alright, coming up to the final match on the card, the main event mjf taking on brian danielson in the 60 minute iron man match the aw world heavyweight championship
1: the whole reason we're watching this pay-per-view don't gonna lie about this one this is the only match we're here for
0: here we go baby how did we get here In full gear in november mjf defeated john moxley to win the aw world championship with the assistance from william regal leader of the Blackpool Combat Club, who betrayed Moxley. Two weeks later, MGF double-crossed Regal and attacked his badly damaged neck with Regal's brass knuckles. This drew out and the ire of Ryan Danielson, another member of the BBC, and one of Regal's protégés. MGF later stated that if Danielson wanted a title match against him at Revolution, he would have to win all of his singles matches in a one-month period which Danielson agreed to on the condition that the match at the pay per view be a 60 minute Iron Man match. Danielson subsequently went on to defeat Kanosuke, Takeshita, Bandito, Brian Cage, and Timothy Thatcher before beating Rouche on the February 8th episode of Dynamite to make the World Championship match at Revolution official. Two weeks ago, February 22nd, episode of Dynamite MJF attacked Brian personally calling out his ungratefulness for his family and for putting wrestling first. This ended with a brawl, which had to be broken up by security and AEW officials, which MJF took too far when he targeted Danielson's kid. And Finally, past, this past week episode of Dynamite, Danielson speaks directly to MJF, saying if he's not ready to give everything he has for one hour, then MJF will, quote, get his effing head kicked in. So stemming back all the way from that regal betrayal in November at full gear leading up till now. This is the one a lot of folks are looking forward to
2: Joker. Talk to me.
1: I just really want to see MJF get his effing head kicked in. Honestly. I love MJF, I think he's fantastic. A couple of weeks ago, I had criticisms for his uh, for his promos. I can't deny it. Like, I like what I like. I hate what I hate. I hate the whole you know, rehashing
2: this emotional turmoil. B.S. Yes. Um, but yeah, like... <sighs> I really
1: like the fact that MJF is doing what he said he would do. He is making his opponents jump through hoops just to fight him. He is going to have a reign of terror... And that is what it is. Like, it's not a reign of pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. He's meant to be this guy that is supposed to be annoying the heck out of you. And this is what the Hale guy is. I've never forgotten that this guy is the champion. He's out every week telling me he's the champion. He's out telling me that this guy has to, you know, do a triple backflip just to get into the ring with him. Like, come on. And then, oh, well, Takeshita is getting in my way. I'm going to have a mini-series with him because reasons. It's not because I'm not going to be fighting every week. He wasn't. But if you check up on MJF's Twitter and stuff, he is posting his progress pics in the gym, and the man is shredded. The man is good to go. And, you know, he is
2: actually trying to get himself into physical condition for this match. And then it's Brian Danielson, like we all
1: know about Brian Danielson, who recently has you know gone on record and said that, that Kofi Mania was his favorite moment in his career up to up to this point. Like, love this man in terms of making me feel things about his character, and like the character he plays in WWE compared to AEW, it's kind of the same thing. Like it's just a guy who wants to kick someone's head in and make them submit. And I was never, admittedly, the biggest Brian Danielson fan. I was never the guy that was like, I've never been a CM Punk fan. I've never been a a, a Brian Danielson fan. I've never been a John Cena fan. You know these these guys that are hyper popular for no reason. I kind of don't get. It. I don't like those guys. And Cody Rhodes, because Cody Rhodes is awesome. But, you know, that's, that's a different thing. Um, so, like, you know, we've got these two guys that are diametrically opposed in terms of popularity. You've got the Yes Movement
2: versus MJF. And this is the match that the... This is the only match that I want to watch on this card, honestly. If the other matches weren't there, I don't think I'd care. Because this is going to be an hour of really good contest between these guys, and a good blow off.
0: We will never see this match again.
2: That's the thing about this.
0: This matchup, a lot of folks are looking forward to. Sure, obviously, with MJF and Brian Danielson being a super popular athletes here, an Iron Man match is tough. A lot of folks are depending on how they decide to structure the match. Really what it comes down to is the last five minutes, that closing segment, is basically what everyone is going to be anticipating for. Now, whether it's a little bit of a Brett and Sean where they kind of pace out and kind of be a little bit more of the kind of, there was some rest holds, but type of thing, you know, obviously pacing, we have a little bit of a a Brock and an angle where it's just like going, you know, balls to the wall for the guts of an hour where we see more decisions, things like that. I can see somewhere in between, these guys are hyper-athletic, they have cardio, they can go, obviously of course in any match you're going to have some rest spots to kind of regroup and type of thing, but I feel like it's going to be somewhere in the middle, between the the Brett and Sean 96 and the sort of crazy Brock and Kurt Angle thing, we're going to see athleticism, we're going to see some decisions, something tells me that MJF is going to get at least one dq decision because he's just going to be super heal and be like i can earn that back or whatever is the case so but yeah they'll uh it'll be fun hopefully the guts of the hour is structured well where it keeps us in in to in tune and and engaged but yeah that basically the last seven to five minutes is going to be what folks are going to be super Jonesed for
1: you, you said something there like mjf is going to get himself dq'd 100 agree He's going to get himself DQ'd with such a big spot that he's going to try and get two pins out of it. Like, I 100% gosh darn agree with that. Like, it, it's not outside the realms of possibility for MJF. And if he doesn't, I'll be hectically surprised. Like, I'll be like, five minutes to go. Why hasn't he He got himself DQ'd to get, like a, like, a bunch of wins? Um, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely something that's gonna happen. Um we're we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with this match, I think. Uh we may even have a couple of minutes where they don't touch at the start, you know, maybe uh maybe sort of calling to the uh Sammy Roman match and say, look, we can do it too. Uh but that's more a, a crowd thing. If they can feed off the crowd to do that at the start, the longer that'll go. Um but after the last time they were in the ring together, I doubt that'll happen, but it would have been a good thing to see, you know, because the last time they were in the ring, after that uh, promo you made me watch again because I skipped it, um,
2: they were beating the tar out of each other. So, you know, it, it's, it's something to look out for, but very interested to see MJF retain in his title.
0: A lot of folks are thinking, yeah, i going to win. So definitely the match to look forward to at this pay-per-view and yeah, it's going to be an intense match. So brace yourselves and settle in and kind of make sure you're pacing yourself when you're watching this one for sure and get Jones for the finish. So that was the build up to AEW Revolution. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts were on the build to these matchups and which matchup that you were looking forward to the most. All right, coming up to quick hits here for some of the newer listeners and watchers. Quick hits are little segments that happened throughout the week that we really enjoyed that we may not have gotten an opportunity to talk about in a full fledged topic, but we wanted to share here sort of pop the boys segment that we just had to had to share with you folks. So my man, Joker, you got a quick hit this week. Let me lay it on me, brother.
1: Let me talk to you. It's about our boy. LA. No, I'm not really joking uh obviously throughout this entire episode i have said that i'm a big cody fan so this past week on smackers we did see a nice little opening through the show i have my notes here in front of me because i had to make some notes that were hecka funny obviously this i i i have to preface this by saying you need to go and watch this this is fun this is definitely some fun building up to uh building up to wrestlemania but let's go the start of Smackers, Roman and the boys just rolling up to the ring. Everybody going wild for it. And then remembering, oh, wait, Sammy's not here. We need to boo you. So that's what happened. Like, everybody popped big for Roman and the boys. And then all you hear is the kind of like, oh, deflation happened. Like, that, that, blo- that sad balloon noise. Obviously, Jay is still missing. And it's just them walking to the ring with Solo, Jimmy, the wise man, Roman standard fare takes him a couple minutes as we all know and roman only has a couple of words says washington dc acknowledge me and the chorus of booze just ring out right before adrenaline begins to appear in everyone's souls and now we can have the show finally start because cody rhodes is coming to the ring okay you know something something cody rhodes is just happening right now it's, it's it's just so good. I love the song, but I can't stop you know, maiming on it. By the time Cody actually starts talking though, we're eight minutes into this show. Eight whole freaking minutes. Just two massive entrances. Cody says all he wants to do is he wants to have a one-on-one with the big man. Does he really feel like he needs his compatriots talking to Roman? So Roman just says everybody to leave. Just All leave us, you know, Solo and Jimmy, they also leave, you know. And then Roman's like, You're not going to like this. And he just drops the belts right in front of him. Like, fair enough. I'm
2: "I'm a little bit indifferent to this. I don't like it when people disrespect the belt, but whatever. And this is what made me smile. Roman goes, So what do you want to talk about? Like,
1: yes, he watches the product. He gets what Cody's about. He knows what he says. And then you see Cody crack out and smile. It's so good. I love to see it. And uh Cody says it's his thing to climb insurmountable mountains. Roman is this insurmountable challenge for an awful lot, of, an awful lot of people, and he references the fact that he's been Randy's protege. He's to trying to get out of the shadow of Stardust even going so far as to say that the goalposts have moved references the all-in show saying that there's no way 10,000 people would pay to see me and my buddy's little indie show like okay, who did he have to clear that reference with because whoever it was primo good job for everybody else, Roman Reigns might be
2: impossible just not for me Says Cody. Oh, Cody' chants just rang out, and Roman is smiling.
1: It's a bit creepy to see Roman smiling at this. It's like, okay, okay why are you smiling? That's actually some good stuff from Cody. What are you doing? Roman begin. Roman begins to ask if um if he's won the titles that sit in front of him. Is like, oh wait, no, you haven't. It's like, have you competed for those? Like, oh wait, no, you haven't. Have you even been at the main event in Mania? Oh, no. You you haven't. And Cody's just sitting there going, everybody knew I was going to be there, though, last year. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) but of course, Roman has done it all. He is the
2: main eventer. He is the big guy on campus. He is hecka good. And, uh... Roman begins to mention Dusty. Now, he says he isn't going to degrade him
1: or anything like this here, but you can see the little twitch whenever he
2: starts to talk about Dusty that that Cody gets. You know, Cody gets this little twitch that angers him. But Roman does a passable Dusty impression. Like I'm not going to try and
1: an impression of Roman's impression because my impression is terrible but he did go on to say that Dusty had said that all that had happened to Roman was going to happen long ago they talked a lot but he never said anything about Cody as if referencing that his son never existed that he was the son that he never had and that Cody was the son that he never wanted essentially And then he amended the, at least he didn't say it to me, he maybe said it to Seth, to Kevin Owens, to Becky Lynch. He kind of said these names with a little bit of disdain. Like, these people are beneath me, so he wouldn't trouble me with talking about you, because you're no competition.
2: And then goes on to say, just so you know that if there's anything he didn't teach you, I will. (laughs) Oh,
1: no, 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 no. You can't just do that to the man. Like, what are you playing at, Roman, you despicable fiend? Cody comes back, you know, obviously has to have the last word. Impassioned promo by Cody. Like I said, you need to watch these promos and says that he has to exist. He has to prove that he exists and that he has to do this.
2: By beating Roman at Mania. And may the better man win. And holds out his hand. We are now 20 minutes into Smackdown. And the show can finally start. That was such an
0: intense promo. I obviously watched the show first. But once I saw that, I was like, oh, Joker, my brother, this is all this has Joker written all over it, my guy. (laughs) Fabulous points, just fat, fabulous points. Roman just getting in there a little bit of a getting under his skin, but it wasn't to tear him down in a sense of like, this is just this is what Dusty told me these things and you know, and obviously kind of put the dagger a little bit into Cody, but he's just like, listen, like I'll, he may not have, he spent a lot of time with me and prepared me, but you know what? Like, I'll, uh, help you get to the promised land kid. I'll help you out because your dad wasn't able to. So really, really good back and forth. We didn't need a big old fight. We didn't need a grandiose. I think it was fantastic that we just had these guys go back and forth and take subtle shots. But yeah, it was just—I think it was organized and and set together well. And the things that each guy brought up was was just really spot on, and it worked well within the segment.
1: Super happy with what we got out of that. We got the angry Cody. We got we got him just lambasting Roman for a bit, and then Roman coming back. And the only thing I could think when Roman was talking was, please reference suffering a psychotash for, for no reason, <laughs> like just just for no reason, Roman. Please do it he didn't but like what we got was still super good um i loved his dusty impression i thought i thought that was hilarious <laughs> people always do a dusty impression and i had to see roman do it
0: oh. i got to say like roman's dusty was pretty decent give it to him yeah I,
1: I mean so far personally the best the best dusty impression is always pt's dusty impression whenever he does a dusty impression but uh like, to hear Roman, like, I feel like that's a close second for me now. <laughs> so it's, yeah, 100%. It was super fun.
0: Yeah, really good to see just the really arrogant, cocky heel with the history of the guy's dad just put kind of put him in his place, but the, the baby-faced son just kind of fire back, and you know what? He does that, like, <sighs> like you know what? Err, kind of control myself for a second. Sticks out the hand, let the best man win. You know, basically, I'm I'm gonna save it for the match type of thing. So yeah, thought it was really good, and yeah, man, I appreciated they gave him time, like you said, roughly 20 minutes, and now we can start the show. So there you go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was I was just surprised by the amount of time given to these guys. Uh, eight minutes to get into their intro through the intros, and then by the time 20 minutes rolled around,
2: we're good to go.
0: Yeah, really fun, and. Like we said, we're about four weeks out from the pay-per-view, so hopefully we can get engaging segments. Let's not overexpose these guys. We're already bought into the match. Let's sprinkle in some worthwhile segments with these fellas, these lads, and let's not just do throwaway segments. That is just type of thing. So that's, that's where I'm at with it.
2: 100% agree. Yeah,
0: I'm in agreement for sure. Those were, and that was our quick hit from this week. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, if you had a quick hit and you enjoyed something from this past week in the world of professional wrestling. All right, so that about wraps it up for us. Joker, how was that for you, brother? We went over a lot of things, we agreed, we had some disagreements, but I felt like we have a better idea of where we each other at with AEW Revolution.
1: Yeah, gonna have to spend some time on a Sunday night, on a Monday morning, rather, uh, watching this. I kind of don't like pay-per-views on a Sunday anymore, so Revolution, WrestleMania night 2, eh, you know, gonna wanna, gonna wanna dodge those bullets, but.
0: We've been getting spoiled in the last year or so. I forget when exactly this kind of started, but we've been getting some, some Saturday pay-per-views. I know that in the past year or so, AEW goes, has been going back and forth between a Saturday and a Sunday, depending on WWE has been doing a, a bit more of the Saturday ones, so I'm not opposed to it. It's actually kind of nice, depending on for like myself, you can watch on a Saturday night, you have kind of Sunday. For you over in the UK, you know you don't have to stay up on a on a Sunday night slash Monday morning to watch a Sunday pay per view. You can have a little bit of time on a on a Sunday to recover for that Saturday night. So it is what it is, but you have to remember that it's on a Sunday rather than Saturday.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Like like I've been spoiled with these Saturdays. Much prefer the Saturday because I can just wake up on a Sunday, and watch you know watch whatever, and lying in bed, and uh, just watch it whenever I wake up and not have to you know not have to stay up super late and watch it um so yeah sunday maybe that compounds the fact that i don't like this you know rematch illusion uh pay-per-view so yeah
0: yeah i mean there's like we mentioned a number of these matches are rematches so everyone's looking of course forward to the mjf brian danielson iron man match so be that as it may, whether some of the builds were maybe a little lackluster, maybe felt a little rushed, maybe felt a little ham-fisted, a lot of these matches, when they happen, they're going to be fun to watch, so hopefully that'll circumvent a little bit of some folks' trepidation when it comes to the build of how we got there. But yeah, I think I'm just, I'll am just i have fun, I'll sort of look at it in a vacuum. I'll just watch the matches and try to enjoy them for just kind of what they are regardless. All right. So with that for TF Joker. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time. letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other. And we will catch you next time. Peace.